Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Exodus chapter 16, and get your place there in Exodus 16, and then you're going to fast forward to the New Testament in Philippians chapter 2, Exodus chapter 16, and then we're going to go to Philippians chapter number 2, to different places. We will not read the entire chapter, chapter of chapter 16 there in the book of Exodus. We won't read that, but that's where we're going to hang out for our study. So Exodus chapter 16, then get to Philippians chapter 2. And once you're in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to read just one verse. We're in a, a series here in, on the, in the middle of the week simply entitled Grateful. Learning what it means to have our hearts full of gratefulness, of gratitude. Our hearts full of thankfulness. How many of you know you are allowed to be thankful after, the week after Thanksgiving? Okay, you're, you're even allowed to be thankful the week after. I know a lot of us aren't, but you are allowed. And actually, your seat tonight is supposed to be. But look at Philippians chapter 2. Look with me at verse number 14. So we've talked about a lot of things these last several weeks. And one of the things that we said is that the Lord calls us to be grateful in every circumstance we find ourselves in. We're to be thankful in everything, Paul says. So maybe not necessarily thankful for it, but we are to be thankful in it. And what we said is learning to be thankful in everything is learning to live with a heart of contentment. That when we see the grace of God in our lives... And if we were honest, God's grace has been made available to us in our lives, even today. When we see grace, we're supposed to say thanks. Remember that? When we see grace, we say thanks. So did you see God's grace in your life today? How many of you say God has been graceful to you and to me? Yes. Did you say thanks? You say to the Lord in response to God's grace in your life, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for, thank you for allowing me to get to work on thank, safely. Thank you for allowing me to get home safely. Thank you for allowing me to get to uh, school safely, whatever it is. When we see grace, we say thanks. And what we said is gratefulness is like muscle memory for the Christian. That we have to train ourselves to be grateful. We have to train ourselves to be thankful. So we want to practice thankfulness, we want to practice gratefulness so that it becomes the natural response of our heart. And here is why, because it is not the natural response of our heart. Instead of being grateful, you know what our natural response is? Grumbling. Anybody know what the word grumble means? Murmur? Anybody know what the word means? So that's a good, old-fashioned, Old Testament word. Murmur, grumble, literally means complain. Complain. Our hearts are not naturally wired to be thankful. We are naturally wired to be complainers. And so over and over in the Bible, the Bible is calling us, no, don't complain, don't murmur, don't grumble. Be grateful. 
Say thanks. Rejoice in everything. Notice what Paul says, Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 14 with me. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Everything you do, do it without this. Without what? Without a grumbling, murmuring, without a complaining. Do everything without complaining. Let's see what that means. We're going to see what that means by looking at the Old Testament story from the Israelites and see in the, the ways in which they came short of this. And then we'll use them as the example for, for what God's asking for you and for me. Let's, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, use your word in our lives and we'll be sure to be obedient to you where you show us the areas of our lives that we are out of step with you. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. You cannot read the Old Testament without finding a consistent struggle from the Israelites with this area in particular, the struggle of ingratitude, the, the struggle of murmuring. Their hearts are filled with idolatry. The idolatry gives way to immorality. Their immorality leads them in, into, um, uh, into isolation, into imprisonment. But where it begins is not with idolatry. It's not with immorality. It's, it's not with being led astray into captivity. Where it begins is it begins with a heart that is grumbling, that's murmuring, that's complaining to the Lord. So you really see it in three ways, three words. They all start with the letter P. Three words that help us see Exodus chapter 16, that's where we are. Three words that help us see this grumbling in their hearts and lives and then what we should do to, to change. First, notice the pattern of this. The pattern of grumbling. The pattern of it. Look at verse 2 of Exodus chapter 16. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured. There's our word. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat the bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." Isn't it, isn't it interesting that oftentimes, and we won't spend a lot of time on this, but oftentimes when we have a spirit of complaining, when we complain, we are prone to exaggeration. Uh, it was so much better back then. Think, think of it for a second. Was it actually better for them back then? Was life for the children of Israel better in slavery than it was with Moses and Aaron and freedom? And of course, the answer to that question is no. Life was not better for them then, and yet, here they are with the spirit of complaining, and they're, they're, 
exaggerating the circumstances. Life was so much better back then. They're reinterpreting the events of their past in order to justify their grumbling in the present. Should write that down. Reinterpreting the events of the past in order to justify the grumbling in the present. And that's what they're doing. And here they are, prone to exaggeration. It was so much better back then. Reinterpreting the events of the past in order to justify. You brought us out here just to kill us with hunger. And notice, not just exaggerating the events of the past, even exaggerating even their present circumstances. The only reason you brought us out here was so that you could kill us here instead of killing us there. Oh, were they, 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 they go on to sin. Of course, you know this. They, they go on to say, were there not enough graves in Egypt? That's why you brought us all the way out here just to let our corpses drop in the wilderness. Is that why you brought us here? You see this pattern. I mean, unfortunately, here they're complaining about food. They're complaining about being hungry. And unfortunately, this isn't the first time that they've complained. In fact, this has been the pattern. Walk backwards in your Bible a little bit. Go to Exodus chapter 14. Go to Exodus chapter 14. Look at verse number 10. Exodus chapter 14. Look at verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And so here they are being brought out of, the, out of Egypt, and they immediately begin to murmur, to complain, to exaggerate their circumstances, to exaggerate, to reimagine the things, to reinterpret the things in the past in order to justify their complaining spirit in the present. And again, fast forward a little bit in your Bible. Just go one chapter forward. Find your place in, in uh, Exodus chapter 15. Look at chapter 15. Look at verse number 22. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness. They found no water. And when they were come to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it is called Marah. Verse 24. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And so here they are a few days after having been delivered through the Red Sea, their great enemy having been defeated behind them. And here they, here they are falling again into the same pattern of complaining, of murmuring. Murmuring was their natural response. And it's not just their response, it's our response as well. This is not just new to the book of Exodus. You read the book of Numbers, same thing happens. Read the book of Genesis. Same thing is happening there. We could go story after story of how the children of Israel are complaining. They're murmuring against God. They're saying to the Lord or to, or to who the Lord has brought to them. This is what you've done. They're exaggerating the present. They're reinterpreting the past. 
to justify their present complaining. It's interesting. Read through the Old Testament. They complain about all kinds of things. They complain about their enemies. They complain about water. They complain about food. They complain about the shoes they're wearing. They complain about the tents that they're living in. The children of Israel, on the heels of the most remarkable miracles, deliverance from Egypt, the feeding of manna, the water from the rocks. Remember, they left Egypt with their pockets full of Egyptian jewelry and gold. And they find themselves grumbling, murmuring, complaining. You know what it teaches us? It teaches us that grumbling is ultimately, grumbling is ultimately not about our circumstances. Grumbling is ultimately not about the circumstances we find ourselves in. Grumbling is our heart's response to God. Israel grumbled when they were in slavery. They grumbled when Moses came onto the scene. They grumbled when Moses left the scene. They grumbled when they wandered through the wilderness. Their complaining was not rooted in their scenery. Their complaining was rooted in their heart. Their complaining was not rooted in their circumstances. Their complaining was rooted in their heart. And the same is true for us. A heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness is not a heart that is dependent on your bank statement. It's not a heart that's dependent on the doctor's diagnosis. It's not a heart that's dependent on you getting a pat on the back or the promotion. A heart of thankfulness, of gratitude, is not dependent on the circumstances we find ourselves in. Because that heart is rooted in God and who God is. The thanklessness, grumbling, complaining is always a reflection of our hearts. It's a reflection of our heart. That's the pattern that you see, but notice something else in Exodus 16. It's not just a pattern, there's a problem. There's a problem. Look at verse number six with me. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, at even, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt, And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, this shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread to be bread to the full for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. You, you, notice the, you notice the exhortation here? The, the problem is that when we grumble, when we complain, when we murmur, it's not, it's not just 
a grumbling about our circumstances. It's not just a complaining about the scenario that we find ourselves in. It's not simply a problem of just being too pessimistic or being too negative. No, 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 no. It's grumbling against God. Moses says, your grumbling is against him. Your murmuring is against the Lord. And when you and I have a complaining, grumbling, murmuring spirit, we may direct it at someone else, but it's really against God. We may, we may try to lay it in the circumstances of our lives, but the, the scenery doesn't really matter. It's an issue of the heart. Our grumbling is against God. I think you have in your notes there that the death spiral of grumbling. A few things here. We could study all the way through the Old Testament. You'd find these five scenarios true in every case of stumbling. First, there were these misplaced desires. First, misplaced desires. That we have these desires or the, these expectations or these longings. Some of them good, some of them not good. Some of them sinful, some of them not sinful. However, we live with these misplaced desires and we allow them to go unchecked. The Bible says that the, the Bible says that uh, a wounded spirit who can Bear that hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That when we live our lives with these expected desires, with this is the way it must go, this is the way it must be, these are the things that I must have. When we, when we have these kind of desires and these desires are not met, it's a breaking down of our spirit. It's a tearing down of the wall. It's the sickening of our hearts that happen. That's a misplaced desire. Are our desires truly rooted? Are, there, are, are our desires truly placed in him? Can we say, like Paul, to know God, to know more about God, to know him, to pursue Christ? That's the greatest desire. The one thing that I desire, one thing that I have, one goal I'm aiming at, Christ. Christ. A misplaced desire. Second, exaggerated words. Complaining involves using words where we forget the past or we've refused to remember the past. We choose to live in the moment. We choose to express our outrage or our fear. And we allow this outrage or this fear or maybe this worry to slip through our mouths. Solomon, again, listen to his words. In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. In a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. And sometimes we find ourselves just always just talking. I'm going to tell them how I feel. I got, I got to tell them what I think about that. I got to, I got to set the record straight. Well, I just got to get it off my chest. You know, all of, those are, all of those are expressions for using our words in a way that God would call us to not use our words in. Man, we, we, we grumble when we have misplaced desires, when we 
use exaggerated words. Third, when we blame others. When we blame others. Whether it's another human being, a leader, a spouse, a friend, a boss, a co-worker, the neighbor, the other church member. We blame the other person. Or whether we're more direct and we blame God. And most of the time, we know better than to blame God. So we're not, we're not, we're not going to blame him. So we're going to blame another person because we can't blame God. It can't be him. So we're going to blame someone else. That's what's happening here. They're, they're blaming Moses. And Moses is saying, no, 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 it's not your scenery. It's your heart. It, you, you're... Your problem isn't really with me. Your problem is with him. Misplaced desires, things don't go the way we thought they should or ought. We start using exaggerated words. We start just saying things without any thought. We aren't slow to speak. We're quick to speak. We're just, just spouting out whatever we're, whatever we're saying. Just got to get stuff off of our chest. Start blaming others. Here's the next one. Group think. Grumblers, complainers, never travel alone. Hey, you know he did that. Can, can you believe he would do that thing? Can, they, can you believe she would say such a thing? Start trying to win people over to our side. A grumbler's always needs someone's ear to bend. They, they, they need somebody who'll sit long enough to listen to them offer up a complaint. They, they need to talk to somebody who will amplify the complaint that they have. And just generally speaking, you attract what you are. Grumblers attract grumblers. Complainers attract complainers. Someone who's bitter attracts other people who are bitter. And then conclusions are drawn, words are used, blame is applied. The death spiral of complaining, misplaced desires, exaggerated words, blaming others, groupthink. You see what's happening in the text? All of Israel, verse 6, Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, winning everybody to my side of the argument, getting everybody to blame you. Last one, the final step, unbelief. The death spiral of complaining is a, fail is a failure to see to believe what is true. It's the pattern. It's the problem. What's the prescription? Third, the prescription. Here's the prescription. We read it at the very beginning. So go back to, to the New Testament. Go to Philippians. Go to Philippians and go to chapter 2. 
Philippians is one of my favorite books in the New Testament. Joy in jail. That's the theme of Philippians. Joy in jail. You know, about, you know somebody has joy in jail? Not very many people. But Paul does. Philippians chapter 2. What's the, what's the prescription? Here's the prescription. Look at it very closely. Look at verse 14. Here's the prescription. How do I break that pattern? How do I get out of this problem? Here's the prescription. Underline it. Star it. Mark it. Highlight it. Draw a picture next to it. Circle it. Do whatever you have to do to get the prescription. Here's the prescription. Ready? Do all things without murmuring. That's the prescription. Do all things without murmuring. Now, here's why we have a problem with that. Because if it said, do most things without murmuring, we'd go, okay, I can do that. I can do most things without murmuring. But all things, really? Yeah, all things. You, you wake up in the morning with a sore throat? Do all things without murmuring. You're the, you're the subject of unfair criticism? Do all things without murmuring. You have to change the flat tire? Do all things without murmuring. Have to sit down and answer the emails? Do all things without murmuring. Have to discipline your children? Do all things without murmuring. Have to have that conversation with that member of the family? Do all things without murmuring. You know murmuring? I'm going to do this. I don't want to do this. And I don't like to do this. But I guess I have to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. So I'll be the one that does it. Do all things without murmuring. A grumbling does not come out of us because of something that is out there. Complaining, grumbling, murmuring is something that's in here. There's no outward circumstance that compels us to grumble. The same Apostle Paul who says, do all things without murmuring, is wearing chains prison chains for the gospel of Jesus Christ's sake. Do all things without murmuring. Okay. If that's the prescription, how do we do that? Right? Okay, I got, I got it. That's the prescription. That's that's the pill that I have to swallow, but how do I do it? How do I do it? Let me give you three thoughts here. First, here's the first one. Reflect. Reflect. Reflect on what God has done for you. Reflect on what God has given you. Reflect on what God will do for you. Reflect. Think back on all that God has accomplished. 
Think back on all the ways, all the places, all the stages that God has brought you from. Think of all the ways God has or will be glorified in your life as a result of the situation and circumstance you find yourself in. So the same, the same Apostle Paul who says, do all things without murmuring and disputing is the same Apostle Paul who says, you know, it is my anticipation. It's my eager expectation and hope in this life that Christ would be honored by my life or by my death. You know what Paul is doing there? Paul is reflecting. If things go really good, I don't care as long as Christ is glorified. And if things go really bad, I just want Christ to be glorified. Reflect on all the ways God has, God will, God intends to get the glory from your life. Reflect. Let me give you a second word. Remember. Remember. The remedy to do all things without murmuring. Reflect on your life and ask God to get the glory. Remember. Remember the grace that God has poured over your life. Look what he says in this text. Do all things without murmurings and disputings that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Reflect. Verse 16. Holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word. Literally, the, the phrase holding forth, it, it implies that there's this intentionality. There's this effort. Grumbling doesn't just go away because we say so. Complaining doesn't just go away because we just say, okay, I'm going to try to be more positive. I'm going to try to look on the sunny side of things. I'm going to try to be more optimistic. No, no, it doesn't just go away. No, it's intentional. Hold forth. Grab onto. Think about. Use your effort. Pay attention. To what? To what? Holding forth the word of life. So what is it that I'm supposed to pay close attention to in order to do all things without complaining. The word of life. Look at it, verse 16. Holding forth the word of life. Remember God's word. In other words, if you want to defeat grumbling, you better get a good grip on the word of God. And you better hold on. You better not let go. 
You better pay close attention. Do all things without murmuring. Reflect. I want God to get the glory from my situation in my life. I want the light of the gospel of Jesus to shine through me as I go through this. Reflect. Remember. Grab a hold of the word of God. and Don't let it go. Number three. Rejoice. Look what he says. So do all things without murmuring. Okay, how do I do that? Well, just remember, you're shining like a light in a very dark world. Remember, grab the word of God. Reflect. Remember to grab the word of God. Pay close attention to it. And then verse 16, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So a complaining spirit always needs space to operate in. It needs ears to bend. It needs a tongue to use. It needs words to offer. So how do we beat, defeat grumbling? We fill up that space with rejoicing. Instead of filling up that space with complaining, misplaced desires, exaggerated words, blaming others, groupthink, unbelief, we fill up that space with rejoice. 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 As a Great story told by uh, Matthew Henry, a great Bible commentator. About one night, he, he left um, a, a preaching meeting really late at night, and he was traveling home. He's walking home, and as he was, two guys jumped out. They robbed him, took his wallet, took all of his money, took his pocket watch, clubbed him over the back of the head, and left him on the sidewalk. He woke up the next day. Somebody asked him, man, you got a big knot on the back of his head, ambulance, and Doctors came, they got him home. They asked him the next day, how do you feel? You're probably really upset that they robbed you. Matthew Henry responded, actually, I'm grateful. He said, grateful? You were robbed last night. They took your pocket watch, they took your wallet, they took your money, thumped you on the back of the head. He said, I'm grateful. That although I was robbed, it was not I that was doing the robbing. And although I was robbed, I'd never been robbed before. See, gratefulness from our hearts, thankfulness, does not come naturally to us. It's something that we cultivate like a muscle memory in our lives so that regardless of the circumstance or scenario we find ourselves in, we rejoice. We rejoice in 
God. Do all things without murmuring. How? Reflect. Remember. What's the last one? Rejoice. Grumbling needs space. And so I'm going to fill up this space with rejoicing in God. Rejoicing in God.